I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon, and it is the year of the BHAG, the big hairy, audacious goal. Events are going to happen this year. You might need to be patient, but beginning now on your training journey and being smart can lead you to your best performance in 2021. And so whether this is a return to the sport and to Ironman racing, or it is a calling for your very first big finish to cross that magical line. Today, we are going to dig into what I believe it takes for your best performance in Ironman. Yep, today is one for the triathletes, an ABC guide to help you establish the mindset, the approach, and a few practical tips to take you all on the journey and all within a time-starved life. I might even tell you a story, maybe even two. We'll see. But we're going to make sure that you avoid the pitfalls and that you establish the path forward. Yes, folks, we go all Ironman focus today. We go BHAG. But as ever, I encourage you to listen if you're not an Ironman triathlete because the lessons apply to any big challenge that you decide to take on. Now, before we get cracking today, let's dive in and let's do a squatty update. Yes, squatty update this week. We keep it aligned with the theme du jour, Ironman Racing. Are you ready for the races this year? They're coming, folks. Plotting your first charge at an Ironman? Maybe a half Ironman? Perhaps it's a return to racing after a long layoff. Goodness me. Most of us have been played off for the last year. Well, let me help you. Beyond today's show, I've mapped out a special article for you something for you to take on your triathlon journey. Five principles that we should absolutely utilize to drive our thinking when plotting towards training for your sport. Now, these five principles will include how to build your training weeks in a really smart and progressive rotation, how to set up triathlon success to make sure that you thrive in the single sport triathlon made up of three disciplines, swim, bike, and run, And in this article, I help you realize how much of your training time should actually be really, really quite accessible and quite easy. Sounds all very appealing, doesn't it? We dive into the importance of strength training and how the journey to your race performance is going to take a while, but the duration of the training that is really, really, really race-specific, that's just a few months. And so I think it's going to be really useful for you. And you can build on today's show and go away with something tangible. I even added in three special workouts with some context, swim, bike, and run, to help you integrate into your own training. And so head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash try guide, and you can download it for free. It's on me, on us, or the team at Purple Patch, to you. And I hope that it really helps. What else is going on with the squaddies? Well, The big news, the launch of our strength program. Finally, it is here. As I said last week, you guys have been asking for it. We stepped up, we built it, we tested it, and now we can proudly say it's ready for you. A backbone strength program, all video enabled, that is suitable and valid for every type of athlete. Whether you're coached, whether you're self-coached, whether you're a triathlete, an endurance athlete, a fitness enthusiast that cares and wants to integrate that pillar of your performance into your life, now you have something. Purchased in 12-week blocks, you can cancel at any time, but it is quite magical. We're very proud of it. It is not for the Purple Patch athletes. You guys are already taken care of because you're under the umbrella. This is for folks that want to stay self-empowered or maybe have a coaching relationship where that coach isn't necessarily an expert and could draw on this to help them and ultimately, most importantly, help you thrive in whatever your pursuit is. 
Head to purplepatchfitness.com, go to the strength tab. We have got everything that we need for you to be taken care of. And now, Barry, let's bring you in once again. I know that you just like your little flash, don't you? You just love the little flash of time. This is your moment, mate. Here we go. Get off the market stall, get out the ukulele because we've got some gospel to share. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the wings. Yes, folks, the word of the week this week, it is protein. Protein. Hmm. Yes, for you guys that are athletes out there, especially those of the endurance athlete brand, don't underestimate how important protein is for you. In fact, I'll say this, protein should be the first thing on your plate in every meal. Now, in a performance lens, protein helps you facilitate tissue repair from the rigors of training. Well, doesn't that sound good relative to today's episode on Ironman training? But this repair is also the gateway to your adaptations, fitter, stronger, more powerful, all that good jazz. But from a life performance perspective, protein is also hugely important to help you stabilize stress to provide a platform of proper function across elements like hormone and nutrient support and pH balance of the blood. And it is globally your building block of a platform of good health. So we build our meals around protein. And when you think of protein, you might think about those big, heavy strength guys obsessing about protein at the gym. But it's in fact the endurance athletes that require a ton of protein relative to their body type. And a part of the reason for that is that endurance training by its nature is catabolic. That means breaking down. It creates or causes breakdown. And protein is the path for your most effective rebuild of that tissue and hence the strengthening of that tissue and all of those adaptations that we're looking for. So whether you're a completely obsessive Ironman or a fitness enthusiast, whether you're chasing podiums or chasing kids, Protein should be the centerpiece to build your nutrition around. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, the word of the week this week is protein. And so I can say without any sense of irony at all, it is now time wonderfully to get on with the meat and the potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes this week, folks. I am man. A guide to your success. So to do this, and I should note, we're kind of going right back to our DNA on this episode of the show. Come on, we're a performance training company that is nestled in Ironman performance. But for this journey today, why don't we frame the discussion? I think this is important because you might be listening, and you may be committed to, or maybe even thinking about committing to your very first Ironman event. Or you might be salivating at a return to racing following a, let's face it, very, very dry 2020 season. Or you might be standing here determined to make this your best race season ever and you're just desperate to get it right. For the sake of this episode, let's throw you all in together. Let me provide some perspective and framing to set all of you guys that are ultimately on an Ironman journey up for success. And I should say that I think that this year is a wonderful year to challenge yourself. You've heard me spout on and on and on about BHAGs. Well, if Ironman or Ironman High Performance is your big hack this year, isn't it a really good idea to really try and do it right? So my quest in this episode is to, to help you do that, to set you on a path so that you can be successful. So as I say this and note on today's conversation, the lens that I'm taking when I frame this discussion is for the amateur athlete. 
one that's got a host of other commitments in life, whether it's work, family, or so much more. And while many of the lessons that we discussed today absolutely relate to the pros and those on the razor thin edge of world-class performance or amateurs that base their whole life around their sport, that type of athlete isn't the lens that I'm looking for or through as I build these recommendations for today's show. So in other words, said another way, let's frame what training for an Ironman in a busy, or as I would say, time-starved life means. That's what we're talking about today. And I cannot frame this discussion without ultimately digging into a single word, stress. So with this, let me get one thing straight, and I want you to listen carefully to this. The Ironman event is an incredibly stressful one-day event. In fact, I would say it doesn't get much more challenging. It is, of course, a big part of the allure of Ironman, is the stress and the challenge itself. And also, in order for you to perform on that day, whether the goal is crossing the line with a magical experience or absolutely breaking through to a new performance level, you must be fully prepared. There is no escaping the requirement, the prerequisite to thoroughly prepare and, as we like to say, go on the journey to an Ironman. A successful Ironman event is not a single day. It is a multi-month or even multi-year journey. Now, yes, my ego-fueled friend, Jim, I know that you can likely get through it tomorrow if you threw me in there. But that's kind of not the point. It's no different than if I drove you out, Jim, to the middle of the desert, gave you a jug of water and said, there you go, come home. And you managed to drag yourself home. You might just be able to survive. You might actually get home. But what's the point of that? Where's the joy? You see, the Ironman journey is the thing, if done right, the thing that is going to be the platform for a suite of wonderful experiences. And also it can carve out a catalog of lessons, a return of great accomplishment, a source of pride. Actually going on the journey will mean something to you. And it is why so many people want to do it and are so proud of their completion that they end up crossing the finish line and going into a tattoo parlor to get the brand put onto their body. And so it's tough and it's essential that you embrace the journey. But let's come back to that word stress. To truly arrive prepared, you have to become a master of stress management. And let me explain what I mean by this. All of us with busy lives have to cope with a high amount of stress. And we call that stress in our life, revolutionary there is, life stress. And this can include stress from relationships, financial stress, work demands, self-stress or how we see ourselves, travel, remember that, travel, wow, and various other sorts of stresses that are all accumulating and competing for our attention. So now, with all of this big bucket of stress that we have to manage on a daily basis, what we're doing, taking on this journey to Ironman, is the requirement to integrate the physiological stress of our training, that's very specific and very deliberate, into that whole bucket of life stress. And we want to do that without accumulating so many stresses that the body can simply no longer adapt in a positive way. You see, your body is an incredibly smart machine. But one area where it does really poorly is one of stress differentiation. Stress accumulates all sources, whether it's a lack of sleep, Poor nutrition, an argument with a spouse, a hard workout, a deadline at work, all of these suppress the system. And from these stresses, you will adapt. 
But our quest, obviously, is to adapt specifically through the training with a positive development of fitness, strength, power, and so on. And so this is a non-negotiable lens for you to view your performance puzzle. It's one of integration. And to be successful, you're going to set up a dynamic mindset that doesn't just go about tracking training load or treating your life as simply something that's static and predictable. Instead, I encourage you to realize that the success of your journey is going to be about constant smart decisions so that you can manage training load relative to all of the stresses in your life. And if you get this right, layered over many, many months, you are going to get faff. What's faff, you ask? Well, it's fit as fuck, but also it's fit and fresh. You see, our quest is to have you arriving on race day mentally and physically fresh, but at the same time, really, really fit. And so it's through this lens that we want to get really practical and map out the how. We kind of know the framework. We know how we're managing stress. We know that we don't want to show up fit and fatigued. We want to show up fit and fresh, but it's the how, the nitty gritty. And so we're going to go through road mapping at a high level. We're going to talk about the key elements of your training program. And finally, we'll break down the essential supporting habits as well as your approach to plan management so that as you dive in to your journey to Ironman, you can actually be successful. What we can't go into today, it's just too big of a subject, and so we won't go into it, are the aspects such as equipment decisions, tactics, or anything related to actual race execution. Today, it's all about the journey to get there. Of course, in an upcoming show, we'll go through race execution, but that's for a later date. What we do have is a story for you. And so, kids, before you sit down on my knee, I want you to go upstairs, brush your teeth, put your pajamas on, and settle down because I'm going to tell you a story. And this story is a case study of Jack. Might call him Jack the Lad. And his crash landing into his Iron Man journey. You see, Jack's story, I'm afraid to say, could be your story because it's the story of many folks' journey of Iron Man. And so our quest today, be forewarned, is not to be a Jack the Lad. Here's the headline news. Jack got cracking on his commitment to Iron Man in early March 2019, and his planned race was October of the same year. Now, he's done triathlons before. He's in a good place. He began pretty fit globally, and he had competed in several short-distance races throughout the couple of years prior. So he wasn't out-of-the-box fresh to the game. He was a, well, by definition, triathlete. But for Jack, this was the big one. No stone unturned and all that malarkey. Now, in his real life, Jack had a busy job, a lovely family. By my memory, I think he had two kids edging towards what we would label in America the tween years. And what I want to do is outline Jack's approach. The first component anchored around road mapping might actually sound quite smart because what Jack did was he began at race day in October and he counted back. All right, you've got to two-week taper, you've got the big last push, you've got back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks, going all the way back, and he could line up progressively increasing load from a hmm, relatively patient start in March all the way through on his journey to October. And as he mapped this, his biggest fear was his fitness. Was he going to be able to create enough fitness to carry the distance. And so added on to this, 
He planned a couple of training camps and plenty, plenty of long endurance rides and runs. He knew fitness was important and he was going to get fit. Now, Jack, in prior life, early years of triathlon, he did well integrating about seven to 10 hours of weekly training. But over the last part of March, as we started to get into, well, his journey of Ironman, as he called it, it was 10 hours, then 12, then 14, then he had a little setback, got a little niggle already, 12 hours. But then into April, up again, 16, 18, 20 hours weekly. You see, in his mind, 20 hours, that was the barometer of success. What did I say? No stone, unturned. In addition to this, he planned twice weekly strength, although I will add this pretty much evaporated very, very quickly as soon as it started to take away from the hours that he felt he had to hit, he had to nail to be executing training, to be Ironman ready. And so within about three or four weeks, strength evaporated from the program. Well, what happened? Remember, busy life, family, 14, 16, 18, 20 hours, repeat, 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 progress, 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 training camp here, big endurance ride here, endurance run the day following. Here's what happened. It didn't take long. Because guess what? For most folks with really busy, time-starved lives, trying to squeeze 16 to 20 hours of training in every single week is quite an ask. It's demanding. And so it didn't take very long at all before Jack was stretched and things began to give. He started to experience a reduction of sleep, getting up earlier and earlier to get the extra hours in. He started to feel amplified stress and some of that stress was just from logistics and the accumulation of training and other life stress fatigue. He had less and less time to step away for downtime and any supporting elements around mobility or even a proper focus on eating habits, it started to fade into the background. And the impact of all of this, that ultimately is not sustainable by the way, was felt well beyond Jack himself. You see, the family took a back seat. They were on board with the journey but goodness me, a few weeks in, we're still 25 weeks out and we are seriously in the back seat here. They also took the brunt of his stress and there is no doubt that his ability to focus on work was certainly compromised. What happened to Jack is so common. The sport became absolutely central, but the stress logistical training, lack of sleep, and the fatigue. Well, it hardly made it all fun now, did it? And by the time Jack actually arrived to the race, he was simply desperate for this monkey to be off his back. He'd gone through cycles and cycles of various different niggles. He'd carried low-lying fatigue all the way through, and he was undoubtedly fit, but he was fit and fatigued. That isn't the fit and fresh that we pursue. And so in the race itself, he got through it. He finished his Ironman. I never doubted his toughness. And in fact, he was proud of the accomplishment. Good on you, mate. He got the tattoo. But did he love the journey? Did he actually draw lessons? Yeah, he did. He learned how tough it is. He realized that he didn't want to do this again. In fact, he decided that Iron Man just wasn't for him. He's got too much going on in life. And so Jack's story is, is a prime story of what I would say an Iron Man journey in which he survived but didn't thrive. And so what does Coach Dixon, as I aptly hate to be named, think of all this? Well, I think that Jack unfortunately went against almost every element of smart training when he is trying to integrate sport into life. He ramped up training too quickly. 
he objectively carried too many hours of training that were realistic relative to the context of the rest of his life. He ended up measuring success of that training by the accumulation of hours and miles, and that drove him into the weeds of pass-fail type training. And he absolutely ignored, almost by necessity, but ignored the many supporting elements that really truthfully would have facilitated broader health and success. Components like sleep, nutrition, strength, and of course, my name, the recovery coach. Yes, recovery. Now, let me tell you something. It ain't much fun being fit and fatigued. You tend to walk around in a fog. You are stretched with best intentions, but you are stretched across work, family, sport. And the brutal truth is that you're just completely ill-equipped to fully give yourself to any of these. And so you're going to end up going through massive ups and downs of health, of injury, and quite commonly, failure. So it's no wonder that so many jack the lads pull the parachute, that opt out of this, quote, crazy sport. So let's establish your success mindset. And I want to say that this is true if you're looking to cross the finish line of your first Ironman. It's also true if you're looking for a successful return for racing. And it should resonate, because it's true, even if you want to qualify for the world championships, or even if you want to win your age group there. If you are a time-starved amateur, then taking on an Ironman journey should be and will be a challenge. It will be tough. It will stretch you. But your success isn't finishing or qualifying or winning. The truth is that success by taking on this journey should actually amplify your health. It should help you and your ability to perform in the workplace. It should amplify how you are equipped to show up in the other parts of your life, including with your family. And yes, on top of that, and yes, it should enable you to achieve the goals that you want. And for me, that is success. And I encourage you to not compromise on that. And I request that you aim to do it right. Because if you can nail that, that you can get faff, but also retain health and show up in the other parts of your life, boom, that is the special source. And so with that framing, here is my Ironman specific approach. Let's first go into, as promised, a couple of components around road mapping. So first, X marks the spot. What do I mean by X marks the spot? Well, the truth is that too long or too much of an extended time of training that is focused on the race-specific style of training, the specific demands for Ironman, if you do that for too long of a duration, too many weeks, you will end up plateauing. You will get, as they say, flat. You will fail to adapt any further. And so I absolutely encourage you to commit to the journey as soon as you can. The longer that you have to prepare, the better. But with that, I would encourage you to only set the mind and the body into what we might classify as, quote, Ironman mode, 12 to maybe 16 weeks prior to your specific event. So hang on, you're saying, don't go race-specific until three or four months before the event, but I must get going early. Yes, because prior to that, that X marks the spot. Prior to that event in the calendar, before that, all of your training shouldn't be about just building resilience and going further and further and longer and longer. Instead, it should be around your global athlete development, about building tissue resilience and even ramping up your power and speed. Yeah, go really fast. And starting early with a structured training program 
allows you to start to nail down the lessons of integration into life and gives you a longer ramp to slowly progress and then, and then dive into the Ironman specific training. And so many problems cascade from folks that go, "Uh oh, I've got to get going. Here comes the Ironman and they ramp too quickly, either because of a lack of patience or enough time on the calendar to build really cautiously. And so remember that zero to hero always delivers zeros. In other words, get going early, be patient, but hold back the big lift that's going to happen in the last three to four months. So that's an important component for road mapping. The second component around road mapping is what I would label integrating planned breaks. Realize that the journey to your readiness is not just a linear progression of training load. In fact, as you go on the journey, you should consistently, every third week or so, integrate two, three, four days of much lower stress where you can clean out emotionally and physically. And about every 10 to 14 weeks on your entire journey, you should have a serious clean out, a complete reduction of training load and structure so that you can rejuvenate, you can restore. And it's as important mentally as it is physically. Because it's critical for us to realize that a big challenge of training isn't just the capacity to absorb the physical stress that we're putting on you, but it's the cognitive load of that consistent training. And so if you assume some breathing room, like any project, it actually enables you to step away and then come back with greater vigor, both physically and emotionally. So those are two key components that I would burn in your mind when it comes to road mapping. How about actually structuring your training? Well, we can't cover off on everything here, of course, but let me give you a few essentials. Number one, as you're building your training, don't try to do everything every week of training. And I would say this is the classic mistake. All right, here we go, Jack. I've got my long ride. Great. I've got my long run. Got to peg that in there. That's good. Got my big intervals on the swim. That's good. Oh, I forgot. I heard that podcast. What did he say? Oh, yeah, that, that geezer, Matt. Yeah, he said hill intervals really good. So I've got to get them in. Oh, and he also mentioned that thing about that tougher, lower cadence, big gear work. That was it. Big gear work. Okay, I've got to get that. Oh, and speed. I forgot about speed. I'm going to put that in there as well because I heard that was important. And I've got a run a lot because I'm a bit worried about my run. Oh, strength and conditioning as well. Great. You get the idea. Very quickly, your training becomes like chicken casserole. And so instead, come up a level, have a broader lens. While we structure life in seven day cycles, the body doesn't really understand the difference there. And so you have the opportunity to disperse your training cycles over multiple weeks. And those multiple weeks can become predictable. We tend to work in three week cycles, a couple of weeks of progressively stronger work with some key sessions in there, then two, three, four days of rejuvenation, then a little bit of a whack, bang, sharpen up and hit it hard on the end of the third week. And we repeat that cycle in a predictable fashion as we go through the blocks of training. So a three-week cycle. And in that three-week, you've got a long run. You've got a long ride. You've got the intervals. You've got all the stuff that that geezer Matt Dixon talked about. But it isn't everything in every week. You see, you don't need a long run every single weekend. You don't need to ride many, many hours every single Saturday. You do need to be highly consistent over many, many weeks and accumulate the required physical resilience over the duration of the journey. And I want to point out that, by the way, with this approach, your family and friends are going to thank you and you're going to thank me because you're not going to be boring and obsessed about this sport only. You see, if you realize that suddenly every single Saturday doesn't need to be a six hour bike ride, well, your race performance is gonna pop out of it 
and you're going to be fresh and vibrant and be ready as well. And so don't try and do everything every single week. Point number two when structuring your training, lean into the power of multi-sport. Your swim, bike, and run training don't exist in mutually exclusive worlds. They are three disciplines that are combined together to make up a single sport, triathlon, and in your case, Ironman. And you should lean into this fact in training. You see, your job ultimately is to build cardiovascular conditioning and muscular endurance. And you can leverage the less impactful swim and bike so that you build these elements without the high risk of injury. In other words, you can lean into multi-sport. And far too many athletes have come undone by just chasing piles and piles of miles in running without consideration of the capacity to actually be able to absorb them and adapt them and avoid injury. And so lean into the power of multi-sport. Align with this, you need to, point number three in your training, embrace the smoking jackets. Sitting by the fire, slippers on, perhaps a dog down by your feet, warm with your smoking jacket on, pipe in hand. What does that have to do with Iron Man? Well, smoking jackets is the purple patch label for going very, very easy. You should have some very tough interval sessions. And to be ready for your Ironman, you're going to need plenty of over-distance, long-duration training. But realize that in this journey, a whole bunch of your training should be, well, accessible. It should be low stress, really pretty easy. And the sooner that you embrace and realize the benefits of actually going incredibly easy and not falling into that classic trap of validating your readiness by the power and pace that you hit in every single session, well, it's the faster that you're going to provide yourself with the very chance to actually shine in the long term. There is a reason that we go on and on and on about the soul-filling component of training. That soul-filling type training is low stress. It actually provides a gateway to de-stress from the other rigors of life. But it also has an important role to build your cardiovascular conditioning on a slow burn level and your tissue resilience so that you are ready for Ironman performance and beyond. Good. Okay, so we've lent into the easy We've learned from the power of multi-sport. We're not cramming it in every week. The next component of training for your Ironman, it's time for you to crack the run code. You see, I see way too many folks dragging themselves through the running training with terrible form, slow pace, and ultimately not much of a smile because they're suffering. And so here are three quick tips on building out your approach to Ironman training when it comes to the run. Number one, embrace walk breaks. No, not walk breaks. Yes, and walk frequently. We have a nice saying that we like to label it out and listen carefully. Run as well as you can. That's with all of the elements of good form there. As long as you can as long duration as you can hold that form, as often as you can. And you reset the form with smart integrated walk breaks. Run as well as you can, as long as you can, as often as you can. And guess what? The pros do it, so you can too. Number two, have the courage to build your resilience through not just really long runs, but a lot of double runs, or like we like to call them split runs, as well as cluster running. Yes, despite common law, training and preparation for your Ironman isn't all about the long run. And in fact, clustering two to three runs over 36 hours, or building resilience while resetting with an afternoon run, a run the next morning, and then another run that night, 
Well, that type of split run strategy is absolutely golden for many triathletes, and I think it's probably really, really good for you. And finally, with the run, head for the trails, my friend. Yes, we have an overall premise that if possible, any long run done is completed on highly variable soft trails. The soft surface allows you to enjoy the experience, gain the benefits, and absolutely avoids crushing you for the next five days of training. And so if you can, go hilly, go variable terrain, go soft, go trail. And finally, when you think about training for an Ironman, I cannot leave without this. Commit to strength training throughout your journey. Seriously, it will help you be prepared. And if you're not sure how, well, it's quite simple. Head to purplepatchfitness.com, go to the strength tab, and everything you need is right there. But to get ready for your Ironman, I promise you as a time-starved athlete, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It is swim, bike, run, and integrated strength. Okay, so that's enough to get you cracking on the training. With roadmap, we've got the training, but we also need to, as promised, talk about habits, the essential pieces of the puzzle that will support this program. Well, first, when we think about habits, I would encourage you to adopt what we call a dynamic mindset. Plan your training, but don't expect or even strive for a linear progression of load. Remember, what we're talking about here today is performance in a time-starved life. And that's a life that is chaotic, unpredictable, and it has natural ebbs and flows in terms of your commitments and other stresses outside of sport. And so you need to marry your training mindset with this. It's a reality. And so some weeks as you go through this journey, you should be prepared and even embrace the fact that you might need to suitably reduce load or intensity as the flow of life stress happens to increase. And there will be other weeks that you might actually be equipped to add a little, actually boost up the training load as you tend to find yourself with maybe a little bit more energy and some more freedom from the shackles of life. And this highly responsive mindset, not reactive or dogmatic, but responsive, is going to serve you right during this journey because the mission is consistency. And that doesn't always mean consistently doing more. And so a couple of secondary bullets to help with this mindset. Embrace a tip from the pros and build out the habit of the Sunday special. Now, if you don't know what this is, we'll add a link to the planning habits that you're going to nail every single week. So head to the show notes for me. But the Sunday special is a critical habit for you if you are going to be successful in your Ironman journey. Take it from me. And secondly, with that, bring in the family. Strategize with family and friends because big training is required. But if it's required and planned in a vacuum, you're not going to be successful. Instead, if you plan and coordinate with your family or significant others and you balance it with their needs, yes, you need to give a little here, even though it's all about your eye, man, I understand. But if you balance it with their needs, I promise you the whole team will succeed and you'll gleam their support and their drive behind you. And that's going to help you on the journey. And so a critical first habit, dynamic mindset. What else is important around habits? Well, this one is a non-negotiable for me. It is, let me say it again, a non-negotiable for me. Dial in your post-workout fueling. And it's quite simple. Consuming calories post-workout is going to have an impact on your training performance and consistency. Because fueling post-workouts will facilitate recovery, establish that you're actually fueled up during subsequent workout, and would also yield optimal adaptations from the very hard work that you have to do. But along this, it's also going to have a really positive impact in your life. 
with energy balance during the day, your ability to focus and make decisions, with a reduction of stress, and also be a gateway to provide a control mechanism so that you can make smart, easy eating choices throughout the rest of your day. And so, hence, a non-negotiable post-workout fueling. Predominantly protein and carbohydrate, but dial it in. Okay, so fueling, dynamic mindset, what else? Oh yes, that little thing, sleep. You see, a part of the Sunday special process is for you to actually program sleep and to program downtime. And you do that before you program training. Oh my goodness me, surely not. Yes, that's how important it is. We need to train hard. We need to do lots of work. But equal to this, we need to recover. We need downtime. We need space. And so I encourage you to commit to it. And if you commit to it over the course of many, many weeks and months, you're going to have a long-term plan of success. Now, we could talk about this all day long. But just realize this, if nothing else. You cannot thrive in training or performance readiness let alone in health and broader life, if you consistently compromise sleep. A lack of sleep isn't a badge of toughness. It's a marker of performance stupidity. And so, as you start to take on this journey, sleep. And finally, I need to use the phrase, and so in the habits, I'm going to ram it in, nail the basics. Repeating the simple things is the master of your performance. I would encourage you as you go about this journey to declutter, to try and remove complexity from your Ironman journey as much as possible. Data, metrics, fad diets, magic performance enhancing equipment, super shoes, voodoo doctors. He's a great athlete, but don't try and emulate Tom Brady relegate all of the clutter to an afterthought. Please, train consistently, train hard, recover harder, eat well, and make smart decisions. And if you do that, you are, I promise you, 97% of the way to a breakthrough and a wonderful experience. Wow. How is that? for an Ironman framework. And within this wonderfully choreographed framework, I have to say I did very, very well today. Thank you very much. But within this framework, joking aside, there is plenty of breathing room. Breathing room for different types of sessions, for your existing coach relationship to slide in, for you to go and build your own training program, or for you to join us, Purple Patch, on the journey, and you would be most welcome, of course. But before we go today, I want to give you one more thing. Let me give you one sentence on swim, on bike, on run for Ironman. If you push me against the wall, you shove my shoulders, you screamed in my face, spittle all over, and you just said just one sentence, Dixon. Oh, the heady days of high school coming back to me. But that just one sentence, swim, bike, and run, what would it be? Well, here you go. Swim. Embrace swimming. It helps you develop as an Ironman athlete beyond the actual swim discipline itself. And remember that short intervals at higher intensity provide a bigger return of investment than long, slow distance swimming. There. Got it in. Bike. All right. Back against the wall, spittle in face. Here we go. The sport isn't just about endurance. It's strength endurance. And so integrate a ton of low cadence, strong intervals throughout the journey to your Ironman. Boom, number two down, success, fist pump, and all that stuff. Okay, back against the wall, spittle in face, run. All right, the value of the standalone run is overrated. Embrace the split runs, cluster runs over 36 to 72 hours, and you get a massive bang for the buck with much less risk. And that, 
ladies and gentlemen, is my go-to guide for Ironman racing. Complete, compete, qualify, or podium. Whatever your relationship, go on a journey to integrate. Don't let it dominate you. Instead, take back control and embrace the journey. Now remember, off of this episode, we have got a ton of to-dos. And so I really encourage you, purplepatchfitness.com, go to the strength tab. We've got all the stuff on strength there. Go to the show notes, find the stuff that we talked about, the Sunday special. And of course, we've got the principles, five principles and the workouts that we break down so that you can take this your next step on the journey. And as ever, Performance Academy folks, we can discuss this in our special very enjoyable Slack channel. And if you need any further help at all, if you'd like a chat, of course, you're always welcome to reach out. Info at purplepatchfitness.com. So folks, I encourage you to go and download the cheat sheet and I wish you the very best on your journey. I'm excited for you all. Let's make it special. And until next week, take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Cheers.